are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, joined by myself, Lawson. We've got Matthew as well in the studio, as yeah. well as Shell. Sorry for a brief technical difficulty there that we seem to have with the computer, but we're running again. Uh, hopefully, we, we're restoring some of our stations here with the live stream, but hey, all good. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We might leave the quiz question just for a slight tad you know for for a bit so that we yep. can wait for some of them some of the more stations to to join in as well hey you're listening to the breakfast show this morning and um yeah hey uh, we've just been really blessed by that interview that we we just had uh with with joe a good friend of mine getting into exercise and whatnot what's what's been your relationship with exercise matthew in terms of like exercise that you've done throughout your life or or exercise activities that you've been interested in what you're interested in now well i'm glad i shared on one of our segments about um <clears throat> how the mindset of the Hebrew people, which even today's uh, Jewish people still think it, they they actually go into a point of fasting during the Day of Atonement. Mm. Uh, their, their version of Christmas is getting themselves in the right mindset for the new year, and that involves doing good to others, like almsgiving, like helping the poor, also forgiving people and restoring relationships. So I like that how they are mindful of not getting too indulgent, and I noticed, like as uh, Joe was alluding to, we tend to have this sort of cycle where <clears throat> we mm. feast, you know. Apparently, we get in prior to that, we get all fit during mm. winter to look our best during s- summer. <laughs> and then we kill it all in one grand feasting yeah, of a period of time. Um, I can testify to that. I, I think I made my blood too sweet, and that's why I became mosquito fodder, like an open <laughs> cafe. So I loved what Joe is 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 uh, sharing with us, which is the importance of not just launching out into an incredible pace or with such great intensity that we could actually do ourselves some serious harm and actually hinder our, you know, getting better or getting fitter with our New Year's resolution of exercise. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, have definitely gone too hard in the gym, like, right off the bat before. I remember this is in the beginning of 2022, it just had Christmas. I got invited by a friend of mine to go to the gym. And so I we went to the gym together and he's like, I- I've never been a big time weightlifter. I've only ever done like body exercises and I- I've done a little bit of weights, but mostly body exercises and cardio. That's like my thing. Like that's, that's, that's what I enjoy the most in the gym. I love cycling. I love running as well and, and that kind of stuff. And so he's like, yeah, come to the gym with me. And we just go lifting weights and we do like, he's fit as and he's like all right yeah we'll go for like an hour and a half he's a machine and i'm like okay and i'm just trying to keep up with him (laughs) like i'm just trying to keep up with him as much as i possibly can and so we're doing it and he can see i'm struggling but i'm just he's like come on come on lawson you got this i'm like okay like i'm just (laughs) pushing hard you know and i think that's because the reason is like when I was growing up working with professional, like personal trainers and, and sports, uh, sports scientists and, and whatnot, when I was doing my, um, when I was racing motorcycles, they would push me, but they would know innately whether it was within my boundaries or not. Like they would know that stuff because they could observe me. They would do tests on me and whatnot. And so I'll just listen to them. Like that's like one of the best things you can do is listen to your personal trainer when he says to do something, try as hard as you can to do it. And, uh, and, and I've actually had a number of conversations with Joe about this before. He often is prescribing exercise to his physio patients. And then when they don't do them, it's like, uh, because they're the experts. Whereas I was just in the gym with this guy and he's like, come on, Lawson, you can do this. And I'm trying as hard as I can. And legit at the end of that workout, like just, 
you know, chuck my guts up, like threw up. And then for the next like three, four days, I could not move. Like my, my, I was in, I wasn't just weak. Like I was so tight, so sore. I was in so much pain. It felt like I'd just been punched all over my body. And so that's a bit of a cautionary tale uh, that I tell people, you know, about like going too hard in the gym without consideration of where your current fitness level is. And maybe just listening to to people because of the pressure or whatever, you know, if people are giving you a rough time, go for it, go for it, go for it. Like it's good to push yourself. But yeah, just just think about those things. Hey, it looks like a lot of our listeners are back on the stream. We want to apologize for some technical difficulties there. But hey, let's get into our next quiz question, if you can give that for us, please, Matthew. Oh, I'd love to. So, question four. What two brothers were dubbed the Sons of Thunder by Jesus? Mm, okay. What two brothers were dubbed the Sons of Thunder by Jesus? And I believe that's that story of when the two disciples there, uh, James and John, were following Jesus into Samaria. And... They were mistreated to the point where these two sons. Oh, oh yeah, we might have given away oh, the answer no. there. Come on, my come first, on, Matthew. That, that's that's, that's why first. we try to avoid. We try to avoid as much as possible the, clues. the giving away more clues, particularly yeah. telling the story. But hey, that's okay. Look, um, let's say this. Let's say this. So you've got these two sons of thunder, right? James and John. Okay, let's let's change the quiz. Got two sons of thunder. James and John. James and John are taken to the top of a mountain by Jesus, and they see Moses and Elijah as well up there, transfigured. Who was the third disciple that they took up there? There you go. Quiz question. Who was the third disciple that was taken with James and John to the top of Mount Tran- of Transfiguration? Love it. Thanks hey, we've, we've, we've made a save. Let us know. 0491-064-669. That is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. Who was the third disciple that went up? to the Mount of Transfiguration with James and John. You're also listening to The Breakfast Show where you guys have been sending in a, a bunch of text messages and thoughts and whatnot. I've got one here from Wayne. This is regarding what we were, we were talking about, Donald Trump. And uh, Wayne writes in, he says, Good morning, uh, L&M. We shouldn't judge Trump too hard about religion. Trump is part of a timeline of the history of God's word being revealed. Didn't Nebuchadnezzar change? Didn't Saul change to Paul? And and absolutely, like, I, I want to wholeheartedly agree with you there. And, and he writes in later, Wayne writes in, he says, Just a thought, not sure if I have a full understanding of this. Uh, I just read Micah. Doesn't chapter 7 talk about Israel's sins and... And Israel, you know, think God is with them and all how God will have mercy on them makes me think of Trump. So it's like the point is here is that God is merciful. God is merciful to even people who are um who are who are fallen. God is merciful to people who fall short. God is merciful to people who have the wrong idea. And I love that he brought up the example of Nebuchadnezzar, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but this is really important. This is really important to understand. Nebuchadnezzar actually received consequences for his blasphemy. Yeah, unavoidable. Like seven years. That's right. Like seven years of essentially going crazy and being acting as an animal in a field, and he experienced this humbling experience. And this is the thing, and it's clearly because of he's done the wrong thing, and he's judged for doing the wrong thing. Like he, and, and as you said, like we're in no right to judge, and I'm in I'm in no place to say that. Donald Trump is either saved or lost or ca- or will be saved or will be lost. Like, we're in no place to say that. What, what we can do is observe actions and make some 
some, and you can say judgment, and judgment isn't necessarily a dirty word. In fact, the Bible tells us to judge. Uh, yeah, it, it talks about this in Second Corinthians chapter five. It says, you know, don't you know that you'll judge a- angels. angels? How much more the things pertaining to this world? And, and that's not then to go around and judging people based on whether they're a sinner or whether they're a bad person or their salvation, because we're all sinners. We're all for sure. We're all bad people. More the observation that I was making, your Donald Trump, was that like to you know the amount of. Christianity that he claims to have. I think for, it's, it's too, like I've, I've said for a while that he's a panderer. And I think that, well, this new, uh, commercial that he's released, I think really reveals that because it is insensitive to Christians. And I think someone that who is in a position, if they are a Christian and they wanted to market to Christians, they would, they would know that. But I think that in this case, because of his, maybe his lack of perspective in that space, he he has kind of put his foot in it a, a little bit, and and he's called himself a shepherd to lead the flock and whatnot. And it's interesting, like Nebuchadnezzar, when he blasphemes, when he says to God, like, "Isn't this the Babylon that I created? Like, aren't I the man?" Like, he's struck with this with this penalty, and he's only restored when he comes out of that punishment and gives glory to God. Like, there will be a judgment at the end of time. There will, like, for those who blaspheme. They, they will be judged and they will be found wanting. Like they will be, that, that, like people will be lost. And this is the thing is that we have now the right and the responsibility and the choice to turn to God. And that's, that's more what I'm wanting to see from Trump. I'm not saying Trump is, is, is this or that or the other. What I, what I am trying to say is that, hey, it's obvious in terms of his actions, what he believes. And it'd be nice to see him turn. You're listening to The Breakfast Chat. Connect with us on 0491 064 This is just another thought that I'm just having now. Like, is it not wrong to tell people how it is sometimes? Oh, absolutely. It's right to you. Like, the Sedgeway you're leading with, uh, with Trump and how Jesus wants everyone to be saved, I, I think of that, uh, the choosing of the disciples, mm. Judas being one of them. Mm. Jesus never, ever took away... Um, the fact that he had foresight of knowing how each disciple was going to end up, but he never took away uh, Judas' position within the 12. Mm. He still showed grace to them. Mm. So he, he even pulled him up a few times. At the yeah. same time, let him go. He went there for the fulfilling of prophecy. So, yeah, I believe you're onto something. But then even that, that, that's a really good point because you know who did lose their position as a disciple for a brief time is Peter. Yeah. Yes. For, for his actions of denying Christ. Like he denies Christ to men. He loses his position as a disciple. Jesus, oh, well, I believe it's the angel who says, you know, go and get, you know, the disciples and Peter. Yes. Because the point is that because of his denial, he loses his position. Based on his actions, he receives consequences. But Peter repents and Jesus accepts him. Now, Jesus loves Peter, not based on whether he repents, but because he already loves him. Yeah. But in terms of the the privilege of salvation, the gift of salvation, the 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 which again I say privilege and I say, well I wouldn't even call it a privilege because it's not something that can really usually p- privileges are, are things that can be earned, but salvation is a gift. Yeah. But it's also salvation isn't necessarily a right either because we can we can reject it and abuse it. We can abuse it. Yeah, that's right. So salvation is a gift from God. He gives us for free, and. Again, in that, in that, you know, in, in the story of Peter, it's it's that he denies Christ, he he pushes Christ out of his life, and so 
and and Jesus even says, "If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father." Yeah. Like that—that's the 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 result of judgment. Like that's what takes place. And so we are in need to accept Jesus and to live as He's called us to live. We're in need to to respond to His conviction. Uh, and this is the thing. Like He also promises that when we do choose Him and we do respond to Him, that He'll He'll work powerfully in us as well. And I think that, again, using the example of Jesus, it was Jesus who stood there and said to the face of the Pharisees, like the 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 religious leaders of the time, he called them hypocrites. Yep. And he says, you know, that's such an interesting scene to me in, in the book of Luke, where you've got all of the, the disciples sitting with Jesus and he's talking to the Pharisees and there's all these people crowding outside. And he talks to the Pharisees and he's like saying, what are the Pharisees? What are the scribes? You know, calling them, them hypocrites. And while he's talking to them, then he turns to the disciples, like in their face, he says like, Jesus says to the disciples, he says, yeah, don't take on the leaven of the Pharisees. Like, don't be like these guys. They're hypocrites. Like Jesus wasn't afraid to necessarily call people out for what they've done. But also at the same time, Jesus is Jesus. Yes. Like he has... The best insight, and I think there is times when we need to be, you know, seasoned with some some grace. You know, we need to to be tactful about what we say, but we also need to to call sin its right name to to, and because it actually helps people. Yeah, you know, be receiving consequences for our actions at times helps us. So yeah, some some different thoughts. Hey, if if you if you have any thoughts, let us know zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You're listening to the breakfast show here on Faith FM. We're now going to get into the book of Psalms and finish off this week studying the book of Psalms, looking at how God reigns. We've covered yesterday. We looked at God as the Creator, and then particularly today, we're going to look at God's promises. We're going to look at the fact that His word is sure. His promises are sure. His testimonies are very sure. And we can be sure of his reign because of the things he says and how he fulfills them as well. We're going to be spending some time in Psalm 93. Now, this was a psalm that we got into a little bit earlier this week, I believe. And I just want to have a look at a verse there. We might also, I'm going to get open Psalm chapter 19 as well. But do you want to read Psalm 93? Do you want to read the first uh, three verses for us? Gladly. It says this, The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. Yeah, so it's saying like, okay, this is who God is. He is this created God. He controls all things. He is sovereign. Do you want to keep reading for us? Sure. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord. Mm. Absolutely. So your testimonies are very sure as a central theme here to this psalm. It's like, God, you've done all these things. You've lifted up the waves. You've, you, you're high and you're mighty above the many waters than the waves of the sea. And we were talking a little bit earlier this week about how, how much of a threat storms and waves and all of these things are to people in the first century, uh, where they don't have helicopters or, or life jackets or flotation devices or whatever it may be. But then it, it, it and I love here how, you know, in its poetic writing, uh, and we've kind of translated that into English, we have this break here, and it makes this one final conclusive statement. It says, your testimonies are very sure. 
holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. Like it's it's based on the fact that hey, we have seen your word come true before us. Your word is true, it's correct, and it's right. Do you actually want to head to Psalm 19 for us? Do you want to read for us verse 7? We see this theme coming out as well. Gladly. Psalms 19, verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Mm, absolutely. I got another verse here from Psalm 119, verse 65, where the Bible says, You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Now, what I find particularly interesting about this passage, about this these verses here, and, and whether it's Psalm 19, Psalm 119, you see here, particularly Psalm 119, verse 65, I love this. You have done, dealt well with your servant. You know, if, if, if God blesses you, Will you be happy? Should be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like if if God blesses you, if God helps you out, like if God, you know, helps you in a particular situation, like that is a blessing. That is that is a that is a blessing, and it's something to be stoked about. It's something to look forward to. But I love how it continues on and it says, "Oh Lord, according to your word," because the expectation from the writer of this psalm is that. God is is blessing them, but that blessing isn't just based on a momentary favor, you know, that he has upon him or, a, oh, you know, today God felt good, so he blessed me or, oh, you know, and, and sometimes people are like that, you know, f- people can be very f- uh, finick, like finicky and, and, and very fickle. I think people can be incredibly fickle and one day we can treat people well, the next day we can treat people not so well. And and that's actually sad that we, we're not consistent in our actions. We are not like God because God here, it says, Oh Lord, according to your word, like you have blessed me. Um, you've de- dealt well with me. It's not based on, Oh, today you liked me and tomorrow you don't. You've blessed me based on the promise that you would bless me, that you would deal well with me, that you would be gracious and merciful. That's beautiful, Lawson. It's like the words of that that hymn, How great is your faithfulness. You know, mm. Morning by morning, new mercies mm. I see. God is blessing us every day. He's giving us daily benefits. The fact that we breathe is a mm. blessing in itself. Uh, should you have a roof over your head, you're blessed. If you have good health, you're blessed. In fact, it's going to sound weird. I, I remember David Asherick saying that if you are not doing well, like you just lost your job, praise God. Mm. If you get sick, praise God. Mm. If you're, you know, um, you got f- friends just like getting hammered, praise God. Mm. You know, they, have you heard this? Be worried if things are going too good. Yeah, wow. If everything's working out, hey, you know that that's definitely a, a stress and a and a struggle as well. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it makes me think. It was actually you know the story that we did yesterday about you, you read about this pop star who's like incredibly rich and making money and and then you know either pandering to Christianity or Satanism or whatever to just like leg up himself to be famous and do all these things, and then he says, you know, what, I'm like just empty. I'm just, I'm just empty. Like I'm. I'm I'm not really happy with my life. Like I don't really like this person has literally surpassed the Beatles. Yes. In terms of having a the the longest ever number one hit record. But despite that, he's like, you know what, I feel empty. Like it's it's an achievement that literally you have a zero percent chance of achieving. Like or zero point zero however many how whatever percentage one in seven seven billion is, one in eight billion is. Yet they still feel empty, 
And it's because they're not relying on a God who has grace towards them, who has promised to be with them. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joined by myself, Lawson, got Matthew in the studio as well. And we are going to continue on with The Breakfast Show with our final quiz question for this week. Matthew, get it for us, please. Absolutely. What does Hebrews 2.11, that's chapter 2, verse 11, teach us about our relation to Jesus? Mm. What's our relation to him? How are we related? Interesting, interesting. There's a specific <laughs> uh, reference there in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, because we could always say he's our friend. We could always say, you know, he's our mate. Mm. Be but, but what is, the, what is the, the relation that Hebrews 2.11 says? 0491-064-669. If you answer this question correctly, you will go into the draw. That will be like in literally 15 minutes. We'll be spinning the wheel. Someone will be winning the Revive Cafe Cookbook number three. If you haven't put an answer in, all this week, guys, we've even given you the reference for this one. Yeah. What relation does Hebrews 2.11 give us to Jesus? Let us know. 0491-064-669. You want to get in for this cookbook. It's amazing. It's taste full of tasty recipes. I was about to say it's tasty. No, you shouldn't eat the book. You should eat the recipes that are inside the book. I know you might want to because of how beautiful the illustrations are on it. it just sat, You'll be salivating, mouth-watering. But hey... Give us a text at 0491 You're joined on The Breakfast Show this morning by myself. I've also got Matthew in here as well. Hey, let's head to Psalm 25. We're going to finish off today in this area, Psalm 25, reading from verse 1, if you can get that for us, please. And, and let's just begin to read through. Gladly. It says here, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. I read two verses there. Yeah, no, continue, continue. I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Mm, absolutely. Okay, let's stop here. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. This is the, the theme of this psalm. This is what we'll be looking at today. Uh, we've been looking at his testimonies being sure. And the outcome of this is the fact that we can actually trust in God. Absolutely. His word being sure to us and seeing that he acts and operates according to his word builds trust between us and God, which leads us to have a better and closer relationship with him where we actually rely on him. Oh, especially with the veracity of the word pointing out our, to our God as creator. Mm. Those testimonies being very sure that how he laid the foundations of the earth, how he gave decrees where there's limitations. Mm. Uh, it all points to a God not only of order, but purposes and good intents. Yeah. I want to ask you a question, Matthew. Yeah. Have you ever been lied to before? Well, not only have I been lied to, I've lied as well. You've, you've, yeah, we're all there with you. We've been lied to. Uh, I've definitely lied as well. How do you feel when someone lies to you? You know, it's interesting. Uh, there's a verse in First Corinthians mm-hmm. that says to believe all things. Yeah. And even though we are to take everyone at their word, you can tell yeah. sometimes something sounds fishy. So yeah, that's right. But you just got to take it on face value, knowing that the ball rests in their court. But, but what if someone lies to you and I then you find out? 
that they're like, you find out like they just blatantly like just lied to you. How betrayed. do you feel? You feel betrayed, right? Absolutely. And your personal relationship with that particular person is becomes very strange. Like, you know, people might tell like a white lie or whatever that you can get over pretty quickly. Like, like, oh, who ate my lunch? It wasn't me. And then it turns out it really was them. It's like, oh, I was really hungry. You know, it's just stuff like that. Like, and, and I'm not saying that lying is good by no means. I'm not saying that telling white lies is good. I'm not saying that we, you know, there, there are very, 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 very few minor outside of cases where, where you could, potentially say that lying is okay you know people will often talk about like you know whether it's you know hiding hiding jews in the attic or or even you look at the story of like rahab who protects the the spies and whatnot and it's like there there is yeah and and those are very much outlying situations and i think maybe critics of the bible or critics of bible ethics they they look at that situation they're like oh they, they, they would really straighten the point but it's like hey this isn't 99 percent of a situation it's not even 99.99 percent of situations most of the time lying is wrong and lying is bad and when we get lied to like we don't want to be lied to and we shouldn't want to lie to others we do because that's what we're about our intents are often not truthful and not honest and and we lie but we feel betrayed and there it, it creates that separation that border between us and god you know it's funny when uh when god shows up to you know story that we we talked about earlier this week and and we talked about oh well earlier today actually in our uh in our quiz question and basically, Cain's response, I'll give you a little clue for it if you hadn't got it yet. It's, it's, a, it's a lie to God because God, God asks him a question that, that's about, you know, about his brother and he, Cain just lies to him. He's just saying, I've in, murdered in, him in, and I've buried in, him. In, said, in, a question, in a question form, like he, he's just lied to him. And, yep. and it's, again, we, we, so we see this, this beginning of, of lies here in, in, the, in the Garden of Eden with Cain and Eve. And you can even go back furthermore to, to Adam and Eve and you can say that, you know, the blame game that they play, they're kind of lying to themselves, you know, the blame game that Adam and Eve are playing and, and the lies that Satan told to them and, and whatnot. It's a, it's, we, we see these, these lies coming out, but we see in contrast to that, God is truthful. And that's yeah. why the psalmist here, David writing this particular psalm, is saying, I will trust in God. And then he continues on. Do you want to keep reading for us? Pick it up in verse 4, and let's keep reading. It says in verse 4, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation, and on you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from of old. Mm. And do not remember the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. I'll start firstly here with verse 4 and 5. Show me your way, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Leave me in your truth. Teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I'll wait all day. I feel like the people who we really respect, we would love to learn from. Like the people who we see in high esteem, it's like, man, I'd just love to spend time with them. To, 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 to men- Yeah, absolutely. I remember there was uh, there was this 
tweet that went out and it was like, would you rather get like a million dollars or have a dinner with, and it was this particular like famous person. And, and a lot of, well, most people were like, take the million dollars. But there was this one person and everyone's kind of making fun of them for being like an overly try hardy, like super fan. And it's like, oh, I'd rather have dinner with that person because think about how much I'd learn. But at the same time, it's kind of true. Like, would you rather receive a million dollars or, or, or spend time with God and, and learn from him? And the reality is, is that spending time with Jesus will take us way further in both this life and the life to come uh, than a million dollars will. Like, we have so much to learn from, from God because he is the creator of this world and he is the author of truth. Absolutely. It continues on. Do you want to pick it up for us in verse 8? And let's read through to verse 11. Verse 8 says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he teaches sinners in the way. Mm. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Oh, this is powerful. I love this. Good and upright is the Lord. Like, God is good, God is upright, God is holy, and he's set apart. But what that leads God to being, it says, like, good and upright is the Lord, therefore he teaches sinners in the way. He's wanting to help us that are low. He's wanting to help us that have fallen short. And all of this is attested to by his, mer- all his mercy and truth is attested to by his covenant and his testimonies. We can trust God because he has always been faithful. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joined by myself, Lawson, you got Matthew in the studio as well, Shell producing, and Shell has the very important, important role of spinning the wheel. That's what we are up to right now because it is time for the draw for our quiz. Well, actually, as I understand it, we might actually go through the questions first. I and totally then... forgot it was Friday. I did not get that ready. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go through, we'll go through the questions first and then we'll get to the draw. So let's, let's head through them. Fill in the blank firstly. Do you want to get that for us, Matthew? Absolutely. Therefore, let us not judge. One mm. another. That's the answer there, friends. Judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Mm. Romans fourteen thirteen. So let's judge. Mm-hmm. One, two. What stewed legume did Esau sell his birthright to his brother for? It's lentils. Lentils, yeah. Dude, I love lentils, bro. And there's so many cultural versions of it. Yeah, there's, dude, there's so many good lentils recipes, but I don't think there is a plate of lentils in the world that... I would give up my birthright for. But that depends as well, because again, the situation here was not that Esau just really liked lentils. It was that he was like, I don't know, he said he said he's so hungry he could die, basically. Yeah. So, it, man, I think if I was that hungry, I'd, I'd be pretty pressed. I, I'm, I'm a pretty, I like eating when I'm hungry, so... Yeah, yeah it's, interesting. It's a fine balance between appetite and identity. Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Compromise your identity because of your appetite. I mean, I think what God frowned upon was not only were you denying his his his, his ability to take care of you, but mm. also you're denying God yeah. as the one that would provide for you. Absolutely. So, uh, what famous question comes from Cain's lips after God asks him a question? We've been discussing that in, in depth. Am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, absolutely. 
heard a sermon once where it said that, you know, prisoners have keepers, bees have keepers, even groundsmen have keepers, groundskeepers. Are we our brother's keeper? Of course we are. Yeah. We're made in each other's image, uh, in God's image. Mm. Who was the third disciple that went with the brothers, James and John? That's the question I killed earlier. Sorry, <laughs> The Sons of Thunder. Sons of Thunder to the Mount of Transfiguration. Who was that third disciple? It was Peter. It was Peter, that's right. Correct. And finally, what does Hebrews 2 and verse 11 teach us about our relation to Jesus? The key word being relation. It says there in Hebrews 2.11 that he calls us brothers and sisters yeah. and makes him our brother. Yeah, I love that. I love that passage so much because it shows us, you know, when the, when the Bible says that Jesus humbled himself, oh, yeah. you know, get foregoing heaven, you know, humbled himself even to the point of the cross. When the Bible says like he despised the shame and for the joy that was set before him, went and, and did that and, and this humility that he took on, it's like, oh, okay, so he became a human. But what's amazing is that he didn't become a, our king, even though he is our king. He didn't become our ruler, even though he is our ruler, but he becomes our brother. Does. And that's just uh, incredible. I, I love that so much, that God is, is so loving, he's so caring, and he's so humble that he stands with us broken sinners as a perfect being and says, these are my brothers oh, whom bro- I represent. The key word you use there is broken sinners. Mm. And the whole lesson we're discussing about finding surety in the testimonies, especially after the fact of knowing that we had to trust God more than ourselves because in ourselves we come with those insecurities. And I find that eight times out of ten, our lies are because of insecurities. Mm. We're so insecure, we, we don't find stability in telling the truth. Mm. Uh, but as you know, and I know, uh, you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. Absolutely. Hey, well, you know what else we're about to know? Oh. The, the winner for this prize. So let's right now spin that wheel. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Here we go. It's spinning. It's spinning. It's spinning. It's slowing down. Oh, it's right on the edge here. And we have a winner for this week. Congratulations to Janelle for Janelle. winning our prize. I'm not surprised. She was crushing it this week. Dude, she put in like a billion answers. Not literally a billion, but like oh, we, don't have that we have like twenty five out of twenty five. I don't know if she did twenty five out of twenty five, oh, but she, she did. Didn't, but she got close. She got like uh, uh, I think she got eighteen. Eight. Wow. So congratulations. <laughs> hey, you you've won the cookbook. Of course, it comes with a promise. If we can ever get up to where you're staying, dude, cook for us. Well, uh, I, I officially invite myself over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of rough. But hey, you're listening to the breakfast show now. We're going to continue on. On Faith FM this morning, and we've come to the end, not only the end of the show, but the end of the week, where we are going to be, you know, heading into the weekend, heading into Sabbath, worshipping God, taking maybe rests and breaks, but I know that all of our listeners probably have some work to do today, as do we as well. Matthew, thank you for joining us this week. You too, Lawson, can do it without you. Yeah, mate, great job, and guys, remember, have a fantastic weekend, and also, talk faith, live faith, and act faith. And you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide uphold you. With his sheep securely fold you.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.